The following program was produced in Hollywood and transcribed for release at this time. If you like peanuts, you'll like Skippy. From Hollywood, Skippy, America's largest selling peanut butter, presents the finest in comedy, romance, drama. In the Skippy Hollywood Theater. William Lundigan in the amusing comedy drama, A Visit from Uncle Harry. <laughs> now here is our director, Les Mitchell. Welcome to the Skippy Hollywood Theater, ladies and gentlemen. Our star for this week is a member of the youngest set of Hollywood's leading men. He's made a lot of people sit up and take notice lately, and we're predicting a great career for him. Movie fans have seen him recently in the fabulous Dorsey's, and we're proud to have him as our star this week. Here he is, William Lundigan. Thank you, Les. I'm very happy to be with you. Bill, uh, now that you've been properly introduced, uh, let's get on with the show. What do you say? I'm ready and waiting, Les. Uh, just one thing before you step back into the wings. I'd like to have a little backstage chat with you after the show. A pleasure, sir. A pleasure. <laughs> fine, Bill, fine. After the show, we'll get some first-hand information about Bill Lundigan. But now... Let us give heed to the wise words of Van the Skippy Man. A couple of days ago, I met a man who said to me, Van, a few weeks back, I heard you give a commercial for Skippy Peanut Butter, and you spent quite some time telling folks that they never have to stir Skippy because it hasn't any floating oil. Seems to me, this fellow said, people are getting mighty soft when they start complaining about a little thing like stirring peanut butter. Well, I told my friend that if no stirring was the only advantage Skippy had, he might have a point. But I pointed out that the oil separation in old-style peanut butter not only calls for repeated stirrings, but it's also the cause of stickiness, dryness, indigestibility, and rancidity. Skippy, on the other hand, has none of these drawbacks, but stays fresh and sweet and easily spread to the last spoonful at the bottom of the jar. So I convinced him that Skippy has become America's largest-selling peanut butter. But simply because Skippy gives them plump, selected, freshly roasted peanuts in the most convenient, most digestible form. Try Skippy. It's the new American delicacy. Thank you, Van Desatel. Now, curtain going up. Places, everyone. Curtain. The curtain is up, and here's the play. The Skippy Hollywood Theater presents Act One of A Visit from Uncle Harry, starring Mr. William Lundigan. Would you bring me some more coffee, please, Stevens? Thank you. Uh, Mr. Bassett, sir, shall I keep something warm for Mr. William? Yes, I think I would. He should be down soon now. Have you brought my morning paper? Yes, sir, I have it right here. Oh, this must be a trying time for brokerage houses, sir. Yes, it is. Good morning, good morning. Morning, Stevens. Good morning, William. Anything left for a starving man to eat, Stevens? <laughs> Might I suggest juice, scrambled egg, sausage, and coffee? Ah, sounds fine. Lay it on, Stevens, old boy. Lay it on. <laughs> Very well, sir. As your father used to say, a sound breakfast is the basis for a fruitful day. William, while I have a chance to talk to you for once, I think I should tell you that father would be very distressed with your behavior. He did leave his brokerage house to us in the estate, and I'm sure he'd feel it was up to us to run it. Uh, here you are, Mr. Williamson. Thank you, Stevens. Thank you. Looks good. Uh, that'll be all, Stevens. Uh, very good, sir. 
Never talk family business in the presence of domestics. As I was saying, William, I think it's time you take a more active interest in what the firm is doing. I've tried the office, John, and I just don't like it. I'm not cut out for that sort of work. Well, it's high time you find something to do. You can't go on like this forever, you know. Believe me, Johnny, as soon as I finish this cup of coffee, I'll rush right out and apply for a job. Well, I don't have time to sit here and talk to you when you're in this mood. If you want to look at the situation in a serious life sometime, I shall be glad to discuss it with you. If you uh, don't hurry, you're going to miss the commuter train. You're 32 seconds behind schedule this morning. Someday you'll learn that punctuality is a virtue. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a favor I want to ask of you, William. Uh, Eve Weston is expecting me for a lunch at the Savoy. I was to meet her there at one, and I can't make it. Will you meet her there and explain that I'm at another board meeting, but we'll call her this evening? We certainly keep things in the family, don't we? Yep, I'll meet her. One you said at the Savoy, huh? Yes, thank you, William. Goodbye. You're quite welcome. Oh, Stevens, Stevens. Uh, were you calling me, Mr. William? Yeah, how about some more coffee and uh, bring along some more of that? <laughs> you mean the marmalade. That's sir. the item. Uh, Stevens. Sir? Did that new suit arrive from Blake's yesterday? Oh, yes, sir. I hung it in your closet, sir. It's a very lovely suit, sir. Oh, I do admire your taste. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, lay it out after you bring in the coffee, will you? And put out the rest of the tackle, too. Today I lunch with my brother's fiancée, and we must uphold the standard of the Boston Bassets. Never let it be said that William Bassett III let them down. <laughs> Never, sir. you to drop in, William. I'd begun to think you weren't coming. I'm sorry to be late, Evie, but I got held up. I'm sure you did. What did they take? <laughs> Evie, you're so cute. Now, look, I was on my way here in plenty of time, and then at the corner of Lexington and Oakhurst, I stopped to watch them putting in the foundations for that new store. Oh, I never thought I'd be playing second fiddle to a construction company, but I suppose I should thank you for coming at all. John phoned and said you'd be here. He had a board meeting or something? Yep. He's all business as usual for the 40th time to get me into that office this morning. <laughs> I hate the place. Phil, I've known you and your brother for almost 20 years, and I'm very fond of both of you. That's good. Since you're going to marry John, it's always nice to have some affection for him. But I get so furious with you. John has his faults, we know that. But at least he realizes that a man has responsibilities. He works, he runs his office well. The firm is making money. He's a substantial citizen. He couldn't run a steam shovel. And look at you. Two years since you graduated from college, and you can't point to one constructive thing you've done. Not one. Oh, I get so mad, I don't know what to say. Oh, no, wait a minute, Evie. Let's not go overboard. You're right, but why spoil our lunch? Oh, see if you can't get the waiter's attention. I'm starved. I had planned on lunch, not high tea. Uh, waiter, waiter. Uh, and talking of high tea reminds me... Will you drive me back to your place this afternoon? John wants to talk to me about some stock. Be glad to. You know, that's what I like about you two lovebirds. Nothing mushy about you. You'll be discussing stock transactions on your honeymoon. Why don't you go to a nightclub once in a while? Well, John thinks that... Oh, fiddle-faddle. I know what John thinks. But I'm wondering what you really think. Are you going to marry this stuffed-shirt brother of mine and really be happy? Or are you just going ahead with the plans because they're of such long-standing? Uh... Oh, oh, here's the waiter. What are you going to order? Oh, uh, well, we certainly got out of that one neatly, didn't we? Well, I suppose it's none of my business anyhow. Uh, we'll have the chicken a la Francois, a chef's salad, and two coffees. And would you bring the coffee now, please? Now, uh, what were we saying, Evie? I don't remember. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, we let it go, but eat heartily, my pet. 
You and your loved one are going to have a hard afternoon over piles of guilt-edged securities. Good afternoon, Miss Weston, uh, Mr. Williams. Hi, Stevens. Has John come in yet? Uh, no, sir, but he called a few minutes ago, sir, and he said that he would be home shortly. He said that uh, he was detained at the office would be here as soon as possible. Precisely, uh -huh. sir. <laughs> well, let's go into the den, Evie, and I'll whip up a fast drink before Scrooge arrives. Uh, uh, Mr. Williams, sir. Yes? There's a gentleman in the front room, sir. He says your Uncle Harry, sir. My Uncle Harry? I don't know of any Uncle Harry. Oh, well, I suppose I'd better see him. Evie, why don't you come along and meet Uncle Harry, too? Well, 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 good to see you. John Bassett and his lovely little wife. Uh, <laughs> uh, Uncle Harry, I presume. It's good to see you, my boy. It's good to see you. And how are you, Mrs. Bassett? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not Mrs. Bassett. I'm Eve Weston. And uh, I'm William Bassett, uh, Uncle Harry. Oh, I, well, I uh, guess I'm a little premature, huh? So you two aren't married yet. Well, I suppose it's just a matter of time. Look, Uncle Harry, I, I'm William uh, Bassett, and yeah. this is Eve Weston, my brother John's fiancée. <laughs> yes. You certainly got things mixed up, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you certainly are. Uh, I mean, we are. Well, I'm awful glad to see you, my boy. Uh, you're just the one that can help me. Now, I know we haven't met before. I'm your Aunt Maud's big brother. And since we're all in the family, I might as well come right to the point. I don't believe in beating around the bush. I want $50,000. That's not beating around the bush. <laughs> I don't know how much you know about me, John, my boy. William, Uncle Harry. But I own a large hunk of land in the Dakotas. I got kind of a corporation out there, a few head of cattle, and, and what I need now is a few more. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to get them unless I had some more money. And uh, I thought to myself, I'll just run up to Boston and see my nephew, John Bass. Look, Uncle Harry, you've got the wrong one. I'm William. My brother John is the one who can help you out with this sort of thing. Well, now, what difference does that make? Which brother does the work? Your father left the business to both of you. You know how to do it, don't you, boy? Of course he does. What is it you want, Uncle Harry? Well, now, I had in mind kind of floating alone of some kind or making a stock issue. I don't, I don't understand these things at all. But what I need is money. And uh, you're just a fellow that can fix things up for me. Well, you really should wait until John gets here, Uncle Harry. Go ahead, Bill. This is what I was talking about. Here's your chance. Yeah, uh, how was that again? I was just telling William not to wait for John to come home. Yes, that's that's right, too. You're right. I, uh, I've heard that your brother doesn't take too much interest in the business. And I, I want to talk with the active member of the firm. You see, the go-getter. I don't have much time. I don't believe in beating around the bush. Wish there was a bush here. I'd at least have something to hang on to. I didn't quite get that, son. What was that you said? He said, why don't the two of you go down to the office? You could work yes. out things there. Yes, now that's what I like. Right to the, right to the point. Well, let's get going. Uh, by the way, uh, when did you two say you're getting married now? Might be able to stay over for the wedding. I don't believe in long engagements. You get to the point. Evie and I aren't getting married, Uncle Harry. Oh, what's the matter? You have a fight? Nothing to it. Just, just make up. Don't let some little thing spoil your future happiness. Go ahead, kiss the girl. Then let's get on downtown. I'll get my hat. I must have left it out in the hall. I'll be with you in a minute, Uncle Harry. I never thought that anyone like that lived outside of fiction. Bill, this is your chance. Go ahead down to the office. You can still get there before it closes. Get the manager to help you out. All right, I'll go downtown with him, but I don't know. You ain't got a kiss yet. It'll have to wait. Come on, son. Let's get going. He'll be right along, Uncle Harry. Go along, Bill. I'll stay here and talk with John when he comes back. I go, but I shall return. 
Oh, guys, Eve, this is awful. I feel like I was caught in a threshing machine made in North Dakota. Uncle Harry? I can't seem to recall any Uncle Harry. Well, he seemed to know you and William. Although he did get us all mixed up, he had me married to William for a while. Well, I can't see anything funny in that, Eve. But, uh... What are they doing now? As far as I know, they're at your office, trying to figure out some way for Uncle Harry to raise $50,000. You mean William is actually at the office? Oh, I must say... Trying to do what? Trying to raise $50,000. Uncle Harry needs it to buy more cattle for his ranch. What kind of credentials did this, this Uncle Harry have? As a matter of fact, I don't know. He came and went so fast that neither William nor I thought of asking. Now all we have to do is find ourselves good a herd of cattle. Oh, hello there. Now you must be John. You must be Willie's brother, John. I am, sir. Glad yes. to know you. Well, Willie, Willie boy and I just got everything fixed. Fixed? What do you mean? William, what have you been doing? You know, I'm beginning to see something of this job after all. We just made $50,000 in an afternoon and didn't have to do much more than sign our names. What are you two talking about? What have you done? Well, now, I, I don't quite understand it myself, but the young fellow here, he's quite a boy. <laughs> yes, sir, he's quite a boy. Yeah, the nice old fellow down there at the office and Willie had a few words, and then they had me sign my name a few times and handed me a check from a 50000 Less commission. Less commission. Uh, now I can get on home by them cattle. Wait a minute, wait. Huh? Let me get this straight. Yeah. Do you mean you've issued stock on this, this, this cow farm you have out there in Dakota? That's what we did. Your manager at the firm said that if the owner sanctioned it, the firm could underwrite the issue, and after a few phone calls, everything was all set. Oh, it? you fool, you, you stupid dolt. Do you mean to tell me that Bassett and Company, my firm, has bought $50,000 worth of worthless stock in some, some seedy little cattle ram? Now, now, wait a minute. Now, hold your horses, John. I thought you'd be glad to see your young brother make good. He's a right smart boy, this Willie. You sound upset, John. Have I done something? Oh, no. No, 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 you haven't done anything. Except make the Bassett name a laughing stock. There's only one way to remedy this, and I'm going to see that it's done. You're personally going to buy all the stock that was issued and underwritten by my firm. You'll buy it out of your own pocket. But, John, I don't have that kind of money. Well, you'll soon get it out of the estate. I'm not going to lose all I built up just because of a stupid old man and an even stupider brother. I'm going to get on the phone right away and stop any orders from being placed. <laughs> Got a temper, that fellow. I guess your <laughs> first job didn't work out too well. I don't know yet what I've done, but whatever it was, it's not good. Well, now, now, Sonny, you remember this now. Now, if things don't work out... You and your little wife can always come out and live with me. Oh, no, you got it all wrong, Uncle Harry. Evie is going to marry Janet. Oh, what's the use? And the curtain falls on Act One of the Skippy Hollywood Theater's presentation of A Visit from Uncle Harry, starring William Lundigan. Now, during our brief intermission, we take pride in presenting the talented Professor Van Dessetel, acrobat extraordinary, juggler supreme, and the one and only man who can play Mother McCree by slowly letting the air out of his bubble gum. Well, Van, what's it going to be tonight? A clog dance, a performance on the musical saw, or uh, some witty saying, perchance? Tonight, I would like to sing a song, Les. Oh, Van, not a singing commercial, not that. No, of course not. Do I look like that type of person? This is just a little old song that was kind of popular about 20, 25 years ago. Downbeat, Castillo. Oh, a peanut was sitting on the railroad track. Its heart was all a flutter. A train came whistling round the bend. Peanut butter. 
loves dirt. <laughs> well, the words to that melody give you a pretty fair idea of just how old-style peanut butter is made. It's simply a matter of mashing up peanuts, not necessarily by running over them with a railroad train, but crushing them nevertheless, and that's all, period. Peanut butter made by that method has oil separation, stickiness, dryness, and it frequently becomes rancid. But new, improved Skippy is made by a process that has no relation to the old peanut crushing method. That new process is the reason why Skippy has no floating oil, never dries out or turns rancid. Instead, Skippy stays fresh and sweet and easily spread to the last spoonful. It never picks a fight with your digestion, and it tastes exactly like plump, selected, freshly roasted peanuts. So won't you try Skippy soon? If you like peanuts, you'll like Skippy. The Skippy Hollywood Theater is presenting Mr. William Lundigan in a visit from Uncle Harry. Mr. Toland, there are many things that must be done and done soon. As the firm's legal advisor, I wanted you to know what my brother has done. Oh, I think I understand the situation, Mr. Bassett. Well, the scheme looked all right to me. Please, William, you made enough trouble as it is. Better let us try and get you out of this mess. Well, I have all the salient facts, Mr. Bassett. Now, uh, just what are your plans? This is what must be done. I want you to get aboard the first available plane and head for this, this ranch. There you will make an estimate of the property and see what can be salvaged for my brother. I do this because I don't want to see the name of Bassett and Company connected with some gilt-edged fraud. Oh, but look, John, since you forced me to buy up all the underwritten stock, the firm can't get in trouble. It's not that I'm worrying about the firm from that standpoint. It's your money, and if there's any loss, you will personally stand it. But I want to disassociate the name of Bassett and Company from this transaction as quickly as possible. Why don't you let me go out there? I think the less you have to do with this, the better. Well, I just thought that since I had about $50,000 invested, I should know what I've bought. I think you should follow your brother's advice. Look, Mr. Toland, I may not own the firm, but I do think for myself. There is reasonable room for doubt there. No, we'll go ahead with our plans. I want you to go out, Toland, and I will expect you to report back with any information you get. We will try to save the reputation of Bassett and Company, and if possible, we shall try to get back some of the money that my brother has thrown away. You don't suppose you could reverse that and try to save something from me before you worry about the company? Please, William. I just thought I'd mention it. I'm sorry. Well, I have all the information I need. If you have no further direction, I shall make arrangements for the flight right away. And, Toland, I want this a complete investigation. Soil report, mineral rights, water table. A full report. Very good, Mr. Bassett. Good day. And now, William, there are a few things I have to say to you. You mean you thought of something more? This is not the time to be flipped, William. You don't seem to realize the compromising position you put us all in. I realize you just put me in the way of spending 50000 bucks. I made you buy that stock to protect our good name. And also because it would be a good object lesson to you. I see what you mean. Perhaps you won't have lost the entire amount of money you invested. <laughs> That's a cheery thought. And there are just one or two more things I have to say to you. And one of them is that you never have amounted to anything, and you never will. You have no sense of value. You never think things through. Life isn't made up of country club sets. Oh, now, look, John... For years, I've had to do all the planning, the running of the family. Now the time has come for us to split. Well, I suppose it was a little stupid, but I didn't do anything illegal or even wrong. I... I was merely trying to do someone a good turn and make the firm a sizable commission and, and prove that I had some business sense. You weren't what I'd term successful. All right, okay. What's the next move? I shall want to see you when Mr. Toland returns. And I might add, I won't want to see you before. Well, Mr. 
have you been for the past three days? I've looked for you everywhere, but no one knew where you were. Oh, I don't know. I've been around, I guess. John said that he hadn't seen you since the day Mr. Tolan left for the ranch. That's right. I was staying at the club. John didn't seem to want me around. Well, I've been trying to find you because of a phone call from John. We were to have lunch today, but he couldn't make it. He asked me to get in touch with you if I could. Still too many board meetings to have lunch with the Eve? John is very busy. And even though we have been engaged for some time, he mustn't let it interfere with his work. Why? Oh, well, doesn't matter anyhow. Let's sit down here for a few minutes, Bill. I want to talk with you. Now, why have you run out on everyone? No one has seen you or talked with you since you did that work for Uncle Harry. Well, there's not much to talk about, Eve. Don't be depressed about it. Why don't you tell me what's upsetting you? Maybe I can help. Is it the money that you've lost? No. Oh, as a matter of fact, it isn't that at all. Sure, 50,000 bucks is a lot of dough, but I, well, I still have my allowance from the estate. It, no, it's not the money. It's something I just realized myself. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Well, do you remember the day that Uncle Harry arrived? We were having lunch, and you told me that I'd never amount to anything unless I had something constructive to do. When Her Uncle Harry showed up with that plan of his, I... I thought I'd found the solution. And you think you made a mess of things. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, no, it's more than that. I I just don't have what it takes, I guess. I, I'm just what you might term a first-class flop. You're not feeling sorry for yourself, are you? I couldn't stand that. No, you no, I'm not feeling sorry for myself at all. It's just that I suddenly have the answer to so many things. Like what? Well, like the reason why I could never have a girl like you. I, I don't quite understand what you mean. I've been in love with you ever since I was a kid, Eve, but you could never see me for beans because John was always the outstanding member of the family. He was the one that always shone and everything. Great in sports and in college and in business. Bill, there's something I want no, to tell you. Oh, you better let me finish this. It was my big chance to prove that I had what it takes. Bill, and please let me tell for you. For years I've been in love with you, Eve, and for years I've been waiting for a chance to show you that I was something more than the kid brother of John Bassett, and I didn't work out. Now, Evie, you can say your piece. Bill Bassett, there are two things I have to tell you. One, Mr. Toland is coming back to report to John this afternoon. And the other is to ask you if you'd be interested in marrying me. Well, I knew you'd feel it. What did you say? I said that Mr. Toland was coming back. No, I, I heard that part. I mean that the other thing you said. I asked you if you'd marry me. Oh, you're getting just like Uncle Harry. I'm the brother of the man you're going to marry. I'm William. I know, and it's William that I'm interested in. I knew that the day Uncle Harry got you and John mixed up. It's you I love. Oh, Bill, do I have to have a good reason for being in love with you? Do you want me to marry John? Well? Oh, wait a minute. I... I oh, I, yes. John wants you at the house to talk about the stock at 4 o'clock. John? The, the stock? For 4 o'clock? <laughs> oh, Bill, don't you ever do anything the way you're supposed to? Most people kiss the woman who's just proposed to them. I suppose this is one time that I, I can conform with society. And that's the whole story, Mr. Bassett. You're a very wealthy man. And so is your brother William. Now let me get this straight. You mean you found evidence of oil on this ranch? Yes, unmistakable. And also, I have confirmed the mineral rights of usages. Let me see. With oil on that land, those shares of stock would go from $1 to 10 or 20 All 30 Just one thing, Toland. I don't own any of the shares. I made William buy them all up. I can only suggest one thing, Mr. Bassett. If you want any of the millions of dollars that are sure to come from that land, you, 
Best buying with your brother. Yes. Yes, you're right. Sorry to be late for the confab, but even I got a little involved in some unfinished business. We have something to tell you, John. Uh, goodbye, Tolan. I'll handle this myself. Good day. John, Bill and I have something we think you... Oh, should... that can wait, Eve. I must talk business with Bill now. But really, John, I think this concerns you very vitally. It'll have to wait, Eve. Now, Bill, I want you to know that I've reconsidered. I feel that as one brother to another, I should help you out of the spot that you're in. You bought all that stock in the Uncle Harry venture, and, well, I hate to see you stuck. Now, I'll be glad to help you out by buying back, say, uh, half of the stock for, well, shall we say, 50 cents on the dollar? Look, before we get off into that, uh, Eve and I are going to be married. You're going to be married? Oh. Well, um, what about this stock deal, William? Well, and furthermore, since you don't seem to be very worried about losing your fiancé, I might as well tell you the rest. We're going out and live on the ranch with Uncle Harry. We both think that that's what we'd like to do. Yeah, but about this stock. And, William, I feel that as your brother, I owe you something. Now, let me take some of it off your hands. No, John. We want that stock for two reasons. In the first place, it was that stock that brought Bill and me together. And in the second place, it's made William a man of responsibilities. We don't want to sell. That's about it, Johnny. I've got Eve and land in the Dakota. So you refuse to sell, huh? All right, but I'll find a way to make you part with it. And let me tell you something else. One of these days, you'll wish you had sold it to me. Well, I must say his affection for you seemed to be dimmed somewhat by his fervor of brotherly love. I can't say that I'm not a little hurt. I had hopes for somewhat of a scene. Yeah, but everything worked out very well. I have the woman I love, and we know where we want to live our lives. And... We've got all we need to start with. Each other and 50,000 acres of land in North Dakota. And Uncle Harry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> I was just thinking, wouldn't it be funny if we discovered oil or something on that land? And the curtain falls on the second act of the Skippy Hollywood Theater's presentation of A Visit from Uncle Harry, starring Mr. William Lundigan, who returns in just a moment. Our slogan, if you like peanuts, you'll like Skippy holds true with both styles of Skippy peanut butter. Creamy style Skippy, blue label, and chunk style, red label, both taste exactly like plump, selected, freshly roasted peanuts. Both styles are free from oil separation, stickiness, dryness, and all the disadvantages that characterize old style peanut butter. Both styles are triple milled to a buttery smoothness. Chunk style has crunchy little nuggets of peanuts added. Try Skippy soon. You'll like it. Now here's our director, Les Mitchell. And here's our star, Bill Lundigan, for a well-deserved curtain call. Congratulations on a fine performance, Bill. Thank you, Les. It was really fun being in front of a microphone again. Which reminds me that you were quite a radio veteran. Yeah, about 12 years a veteran, Les. Well, that qualifies you, I guess. Now, Bill, tell me, uh, how's the golf game? It's a toss-up. What do you mean? Well, I started golf as a left-hander and was getting along pretty well when the pros talked me into becoming a right-hander. Uh-huh. What were you going around in? Oh, gray flannels. And I mean, how many strokes? <laughs> I, I couldn't resist an opening like that. Yeah, I'll bet you're a murderer on a two-inch putt, too. <laughs> now, uh, how about the score? Oh, I, I used to break 80 occasionally. Now? We don't talk about it. I see. You're a little like the man who tried to change horses in the middle of the stream, huh? Exactly. That's me. Flat on my back, wet and muddy. <laughs> well, stick to it, Bill, and I'm sure that in a few months the water hazard will be a cinch. Now, thanks again for a fine job, and come see us. You name it, I'll play it, Les. And thanks to Barbara Fuller and the cast for all their help. They were wonderful. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bill Lundigan. 
Mr. William Lundigan was supported by an all-star cast. Barbara Fuller as Eve, Carlton Cadell as John, Hugh Studebaker as Harry, Ramsey Hill as Stephen. A Visit from Uncle Harry was written by Norman MacDonald and Ruin Westcott, produced and directed by Les Mitchell, who is here also as your host. Thank you for being our guest, and we hope you'll be with us again next week. Musical score was composed and conducted by Del Castillo. Be sure to listen each week and hear such stars as Helen Mack, Thomas Mitchell, Marjorie Reynolds, Peggy Ann Garner, and many other great actors and great stories selected especially for them. William Lundigan can soon be seen in the Hunt Stromberg production, Dishonored Lady. Dan Desertel speaking for the Skippy Hollywood Theater. This program was produced in Hollywood and transcribed for release at this time.